and welcome to a new mini-episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This shorter, more off-the-cuff format allows you to hear our quick takes on breaking news. We've got two stories. The first story is about the continued follies of the president and his merry band of, I don't want to say traitors, I don't want to say sedition, but, well, you, you decide for yourself. Oh, come on, come on. That's yeah, really pushing it. You haven't heard. You haven't heard what they're doing. Okay, what well, the lawyers were basically helping the president out with the voter fraud stick. One of them called for martial law, and another one, Giannova, I think, is a commentary on Fox News. He called for the former cybersecurity head Chris Krebs, who said that the election was most secure in history, that he should be executed, executed for speaking out and basically telling, saying that the president was wrong to say that the election was rigged or fraud or whatever. I mean. What the heck is this? When the Republican election officials in Georgia have to come out and basically tell everyone to stop harassing election officials and, and stop delegitimizing the election? What is this? I mean, now they're eating each other. The, Republic, the Republican Party, the conservative movement, it's, it's now eating each other in a desperate attempt to suck up to the president. Who Dobbs goes after Bill Barr. Newt Gingrich goes after Sidney Powell. Louis Gohmert goes after Liz Cheney. It's a civil war. Well, meanwhile, inside the Trump administration this past week, Bill Barr has dissented from the main opinion of the Trump administration of widespread election fraud by officially stating that the Department of Justice found no evidence of widespread voter fraud, which we all knew. And here's what I believe, Jacob. This is going to cause a domino effect. The Trump administration, it's already starting to come apart the seams. It's starting to break from the inside. Think like Dr. Scott Atlas who was on, I would call, useless coronavirus task force, which, you know, was ineffective, which allowed the virus to spread everywhere, right? And still not doing anything. It's never done anything. But what I'm saying is, (laughs) the administration's going to collapse. It's already doomed to end. It's all coming apart the seams. Right now, Trump is setting up a new pack, a new donor system, basically saying, you know, donate to to stop the steal campaign, whatever, whatever they're calling it. But here's the thing. Only after someone makes a donation that's above uh, $5,000, only the amount over that number is actually going to what they're doing against election fraud. It's, and the, the, anything below the 5000 which a lot of what donors are doing, is going right to Trump's pockets. It's going right to his debt collection. It's going to paying off Putin, Xi, and the most ruthless of them all, Deutsche. This is a grift. It is a clear and simple grift. It's unethical, it's immoral, it's plain wrong. Politically speaking, his future is very uncertain, right? There's been talk of him running again, having plans to run again in 2024. And assuming he's not in jail or incapacitated in some way or another, you've got to remember that Trumpism is still very alive in our country, even in 2020, with Trump mishandling one of the largest pandemics we've ever had in the United States. He got 70 million votes. So we've got to remember that his ideology is still extremely strong, right? If he runs a good campaign, which admittedly he's very good at doing that with his rallies, he's really able to rally up his base, you know, he'll be hard to be in the Republican primaries because based on what we've seen the Republican Party turn into, a lot of those candidates are going to be very avid Trump supporters. So is it possible that in the Republican primaries they're going to be clearing the way for him? We'll wait and see. But I would call him far from dead politically. Oh, no, no, no. I know. He's very Trump. Trumpism, no matter what happens to Trump, Trumpism is going to be very much alive. It is a cancer. It's a cancer on, Amer- on, Amer- on the American political landscape. Anywhere you slice it, it's 
fundamentally anti-democratic. It is, it is populist. It's not, it is not playing by the rules. It's not, there's no belief in institutions. There's no belief in unity. There's no belief in anything other than bow down to dear cult leader. Congressional Republicans cannot flip-flop. They have had no backbone. Minus Mitt Romney or Ben Slass once or twice, they've had no backbone. They've had no spine. Some of them are going to be running in 2020. They're going to try to run for 2024. I mean, again, let's assume, let's see what happens with the president. But they they cannot stay faced after this. It it the fact that it's it's taken McConnell and the rest of them this long to acknowledge Biden as a victor. When even Roy Blunt a few days ago couldn't even say president elect. Well, even now they're still dragging their feet. It's 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 pathetic. The American people, no matter how they voted, they're too good for this. We are too good for this as a country, and these people don't don't deserve our time, our effort, our money. I'm, I'm quite sick. I'm quite sick of this. Listen, the Republican congressman, one of the, you know, their most important priorities is to be reelected. Lindsey Graham really had to stick up to Trump in order to win re-election in South Carolina against a very very well-funded South Carolina component, Jamie Harrison. The Republican Party is just a victim of you know I think Trumpism. You got to remember that in 2016. You know, that actually for most of his life, Trump was a Democrat. He switched to Republican, I think, later on in life. Okay. And I can, you know, confirm this for sure. But, you know, a likely reason he did that was because he knew that he could take over the Republican Party. He knew that he could mold it into his image. If the Democratic Party was the victim of Trumpism in some form or another, then, you know, you would have seen Democratic senators doing the same exact thing. I mean, this is politics. And our second story is that Biden has nominated Neera Tandon to be the director of Office of Management and Budget at the White House. She'll be the first Indian American and woman of color to be in that position. And, and Biden also announced a all-female leadership communications team, which is very good for representation and breath of fresh air from, what the, from the boys club. And I'm glad that we're, ha- we're actually get, making more progress. You know, I find Biden's picks to be overwhelmingly, you know, on one hand, ambitious, but on the other hand, very establishment-like. Right. Because as you said, Jacob, there is a huge amount of diversity here. We're seeing ethnicities take up, you know, unprecedented participation. On the other hand, there are extremely establishment. A lot of them come from the Obama administration. So on one hand, in a way, it's kind of boring, right? You don't really, you know, there's going to be a return to the status quo. But America needs a status quo again. After four years of uncertainty under the Trump administration, we just need a status quo. The American people deserve a break when they don't have to, you know, watch their TVs, you know, worry about what's happening to their future as a people, to their government. So all in all, I'm also happy that, you know, Biden's picks are very middle of the road. They're competent. They're loyal to the, they're loyal to the country, to the people, not the president. And they're probably not grifters. And they'll get the job done. Yeah, they're, and, yeah, and they're probably not grifters or political arsonists. Oh, and by the way, John Cornyn, you don't get to attack Tandon over her tweets when you've been silent on Trump for four years. So, yeah, not a good look, buddy. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media and join the ongoing conversation on our Discord server.